Sweet hour of prayer, sweet hour of prayer that calls me from a world of care and bids me at my Father's throne makes all my wants and wishes known in seasons of distress and grief my soul has often found relief and oft escaped the tempter's snare by thy return sweet hour of prayer sweet hour of prayer sweet hour of prayer thy wings shall my petitions bear to him whose truth and righteousness engage the waging souls to bless. And since he bid me seek his face, believe his word and trust his grace, I'll cast on him my every care and wait for him sweet hour of prayer sweet hour of prayer sweet hour of prayer may i thy consolation share Till from Mount Pisgah's lofty height I view my home and take my flight. This robe of flesh shall drop and rise to seize the everlasting prize. And shout while passing through the air. Farewell, farewell, sweet hour of prayer. It's good to be in the house of the Lord again and so very thankful to look out. And we've been so blessed this week with Visitors Church. Uh, we're so thankful that you're here with us tonight. And Brother Lucas said, and I have enjoyed working with him so far. And 
look forward to what God has in store for us the rest of the week. But uh, tonight's a new night, and, but we've been so blessed with our visitors this week. And as it's been said, we just we want to encourage you to continue to follow the Lord and do what He might lay upon your heart. Appreciate Brother Brad and song, and I am too, Brother. I'm thankful for a sweet hour of prayer. Uh, it's good to know that we have access, that we can go to the Father. And I'm thankful to know that uh, we can be anywhere at any time and can talk to Him. We can talk to him just like we're talking to a friend. And I'm thankful that it's that way. Tonight, as we begin to think about what the Lord has laid on my heart, um, uh, I guess it might be a little bit different tonight, but I got my thought from something that Brother Harvey Ambrose said last night. So if it don't go well, Brother, I'm blaming you. Uh, but it's, to me, that's how the Lord works. He gives us little thoughts along and we'll take them and use them and try to dig through the scripture. And, uh, or at least that's how it works for me. I don't know how it works for you all. Uh, but he'll give us a little something and we'll try to go preach on it from time to time. But I began to think about some of the things that Brother Harvey had said last night and, and uh, it really stuck with me. Uh, made mention... During Mount Lebanon's revival, uh, just a few remarks preliminary-wise, but had the opportunity to go help Mount Lebanon and love that church, love those people over there. And about Monday night, they had an altar full of people praying. And it was just, uh, it was good on the same hand. I was encouraged to see people seeking, but on the same hand, it was a burden. It's a load to carry. Uh, and I got home that night, and it was late. It was probably 11.30, close to midnight, before we finally made it home. And I couldn't sleep. I tossed and turned in bed all night long. I don't know if any of y'all have ever been that way before, but I tossed and I turned all night long and finally got down late in the morning and finally got to the point, Lord, would you help me just to go to sleep? I need to get some rest. But what I'm getting at is, is when we've got a burden on our heart for the lost, it goes to bed with us. It keeps us up at night. We've got a desire to want to see them saved. And I know and believe in my heart is I've seen the church working this week. And boy, I've been encouraged by that. Uh, the church has worked, and I want to encourage the church to continue to keep working and laboring. But uh, the loss, they get on our heart and our mind. But as Brother Harvey was speaking last night, and he began to talk about how he'd come to the realization that he was wicked. And I don't mean to put words in his mouth, but that's the way I understood about what he was saying. And tonight, uh, the Lord might help us. That might kind of be our thought. Uh, I guess if we had to title this subject, which we don't do that very often, but we got to thinking about a changed heart. And tonight, we want to try to bring some scripture out that might be a help to you. We want to say that this altar is always open. And if you need to seek the Lord, we encourage you to seek Him. And uh, we'll gather in around you and pray with you.
I want to take for a reading tonight over in 2 Chronicles and the 33rd chapter. 2 Chronicles and the 33rd chapter. Starting in the first verse, do pray for us. It says, Manasseh was the twelve years old when he began to reign, and he reigned fifty and five years in Jerusalem. But he did that which is evil in the sight of the Lord, like unto the abominations of the heathen, whom the Lord had cast out before the children of Israel. For he built again the high places which Hezekiah his father had broken down, and he reared up the altars for Balaam, and made groves, and worshipped all the host of heaven, and served them. Also he built altars in the house of the Lord, whereof the Lord had said in Jerusalem, Shall my name be forever. And he built altars for all the host of heaven, and the two courts of the house of the Lord. And he caused his children to pass through the fire, the valley of the son of Hinnon. Also he observed times, and used enchantments, and used witchcraft, and dealt with familiar spirits, and with wizards. And he brought much evil in the sight of the Lord to provoke him to anger. And he set a curved image, an idol, which he had made in the house of God, of which God said to David, of which God had said to David and to Solomon his son, in this house and in Jerusalem, which I have chosen before all the tribes of Israel, will I put my name forever. Neither will I any more remove the foot of Israel from out of the land which I have appointed to your father, so that they will take heed to all that I have commanded them according to the whole law and the statutes and the ordinance by the hand of Moses. And so Manasseh made Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem to err, and to do worse than the heathen whom the Lord had destroyed before the children of Israel. And the Lord spoke unto Manasseh and to his people, but they would not hearken. I want to stop there for just a moment in time. And as I began to think about our subject, a changed heart, I have said since the very first time that I've come here that this is a heart work. And we're talking about spiritual matters. And we're talking about eternal matters. And tonight I pray that you might uh, think upon those things. But as we begin to think about Hezekiah, and if you'll go back uh, some reading previous to this, it said that he done which was right in the sight of God. Uh, he was a good king. Uh, we know that Sennacherib uh, there, that he was the king of Assyria, and he had come up to besiege the city. And we know then that Hezekiah, uh, had those letters and he took them out and he laid them out before the Lord. And he began to pray and ask guidance from God. And we know then that uh, the Lord delivered him and once again that uh, Hezekiah found himself in another hardship. He found himself that uh, he was getting ready to die. And as he was getting ready to die, he began to, to call out to the Lord and uh, Isaiah uh, told him there that his life would be extended some 15 years. And during the period of this, his life being extended some 15 years, his son Manasseh here, he was born out of that product. Uh, it said that he began to reign uh, when he was about 12 years old. And when I began to think about him and 
really begin to look at Hezekiah, I believe today there's a whole lot of people that might think that they can get to heaven uh, on the coattails of their mamas and daddies. Uh, they can get to heaven on the coattails of the, uh, uh, their grandparents. Uh, they look at the life that they live and uh, see them and who and what they are and they begin to sit back and say, well, uh, my mom and daddy's a good person. Uh, I believe I'm a good person and therefore I'll go to heaven. Uh, but I want you to know tonight that that's not the way that it works. There's a whole lot of people out there in the world. Uh, it wasn't too long ago that I was talking to Braxton and, and we talk a lot of times and sometimes when me and him's in the vehicle together and, and I began to just kindly just talk to him. I don't know if you do that with your children, but if the Lord permits me, I'll talk to him about the Lord. And we began to talk about some things. And I asked him, I said, son, do you think that you can live a good enough life to get to heaven? And he said, no, daddy. I said, well, do you know what it's going to take? And he said, you got to be saved. So I'll say this, even when we don't think that they're listening, they're listening. They're listening to what's being said. Uh, but anyway, Hezekiah was a good king. But we find here that this uh, Manasseh, who was his son, uh, the Bible says that he done evil in the sight of the Lord. He reigned for some 55 years. Now I want you to think about the things that we just read and what he had done. He began to tear down everything that his father had done. Everything that his father had worshipped the Lord. He began to build altars uh, erected to false idols. He began to worship false idols. He began to do all of these things. Not only that, he was sacrificing his own children in the fire. He was doing all kinds of things that we would think to be ungodly today. He was full of evil when we began to think about that. We began to sit back and I want to ask you tonight, what do you think evil is? When we think about this man and we think about the life that he lived, I read about the things that he done and I think, man, he was evil. He sacrificed his own children to idols. But I'll tell you tonight, my friend, that God can get a hold of anybody. It doesn't matter who they are. It doesn't matter where they are. It doesn't matter where they come from. God can get a hold of anybody. And this man was uh, Manasseh. He was there. And the Bible says that Manasseh made Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem to err. And to do worse than the heathen whom the Lord had destroyed before the children of Israel. He had done worse than all of those things. He was evil. His intentions, the intentions of his heart was evil. But it said, And the Lord spake unto Manasseh and to his people, but they would not hearken. Now there's a whole lot of times when I began to think about what it is, and we preach the gospel, and I think about Noah a lot of times, how he was a preacher of righteousness, and he preached 120 years, and as far as I know and what the Bible tells me, uh, just him and his family, that's all we know, that entered in through the ark. But yet he still warned people. And that's what we're trying to do today. But I think about how many times people sit under the preaching of the gospel, and yet they won't hear what the Word of God says. They want to have all kinds of distractions. They want to think about everything else that they can think of. Children are, are playing and they've got everything else they can think of. But I'm thankful when the Word of God finally pricks our heart and it gets a hold of us. Now, 
he said that they would not hearken. Now it says, therefore, I'll keep on reading. He said, For, therefore, the Lord brought them up, the captains of the host of the king of Assyria, which took Manasseh among the thorns and bound him with fretters and carried him to Babylon. And when he was in affliction, he besought the Lord his God and humbled himself greatly before the, before the God of his fathers. And he prayed unto him, and he entreated him, and heard his supplication, and brought him again to Jerusalem unto his kingdom. Then Manasseh knew that the Lord, he was God. And I want to stop there for a moment. I want you to know tonight as we begin to think about what it is to have a changed heart. Uh, Manasseh here, he, uh, like I said, the Bible says that he done uh, that which was evil in the sight of God. And you may be sitting there tonight thinking within yourself that uh, I'm not evil preacher. There's no wickedness. I consider myself to be pretty good. Uh, but I want you to know tonight when the Spirit of God gets a hold of you, and it begins to reveal to you what you are in the eyes of an almighty God. And you begin to see yourself as a sinner. As Brother Luke began to describe last night. It's not about the things that we do in this life. But we begin to see that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, came into this world. And that He gave His life for me and for you and for all the world. That through Him that they might be saved. We begin to think about all the suffering that Christ went through. And my friend, you begin to think about how that He, that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, paid the price for all of us. You begin to sit back and examine yourself. And there's a fear there that comes upon you. And my friend, you get to thinking about those things. Now listen, uh, my, uh, I believe it's over there in the Roman letter. And we'll get over there here in a minute. But it says, with the heart man believeth upon righteousness. And with the mouth the confession is made. My friend, tonight I want to tell you that this is a heart work. It's by the heart. Now I know what Jeremiah 17, uh, 17 over there in verse 9 and 10 talks about. He says, for the... He talks about how the heart uh, is... Well, I'm going to mess that up. Y'all pray for me. I'll get my thought out in a minute. I didn't think I was going to have to read it. He says the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked who can know it. I, the Lord, search the heart, and I try the reins, even give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doing. He said, I know the heart. He said, it's desperately wicked. Now, my friend, I began to think about these things, and I began to see Manasseh here. And uh, My friend, uh, he was taken off into captivity into Babylon. And as he took him off, he found himself there in the thorns and the briars. He found himself chained up in the fritters. And he found himself hopeless. He found him in a spot where he could go no more. He, he finally, I believe, began to remember his uh, daddy and remembered the things that his daddy had taught him down through the years. And he finally come to a place where he said, there's no hope in nothing else. I've got nowhere else to go. There's nowhere else to run to. And he began to humble himself before God Almighty. And as he found himself there, he became humbled, the Bible says. And it says there that uh, when he was in his affliction, he besought the Lord God and humbled himself greatly before the God of his fathers. 
And my friend, tonight, I believe that's a lot of the problem with lost people. I don't know. Uh, but I believe they've got a lot of pride about themselves. They sit back and they say, well, there's nothing wrong with me. I'll be just fine. I've made it through this service. I've made it through that service. My friend, I want you to know if you don't get anything else tonight, you're not okay. You're not okay. You're as far from being okay as it ever was. You need to be saved. He found himself in affliction. I believe he began to find himself being brought low. He seen himself for what he was. The Lord began to work on him. And he said he prayed unto him. And he entreated him. Now my friend, I believe tonight, and I've told this before, I don't know how to pray. I'm still learning how to pray. But I thank God for that sweet hour of prayer. That there's times that I can get down and I can talk to him. And he is a friend indeed. But my friend, I'm telling you, when I was lost and separated from God, I didn't know how to pray. He taught me. And he's still teaching me how to pray. He said, I prayed. How is it that you pray? You pour your heart out to God. You give your whole self to Him. We talk a lot of times about why we can't get our prayers no higher in the ceiling. It's because we can't get ourselves out of the way. And my friend, to die, that's what you've got to do. You've got to get yourself out of the way. He found himself humble. Humble. Tonight, you're going to have to get low. As low as you've ever gotten in your life. You've got to see yourself for what you are. In the eyes of an almighty God. When you finally come to the end of yourself and you see that there's no hope. No hope without Jesus. No hope without Him. My friend, you begin to cry out to Him. And you begin to feel happily after Him, Brother Luke, because you realize that there's no hope without Jesus. And you've got to have Him. Because you don't want to die and go to hell and spend eternity there. You ask me, was this man wicked? He was wicked. But I'll tell you what my God's able to do. He's able to take the most wicked sinner and turn him into a man of love. That's what he done for my nephew. He took him and said he prayed unto him and he entreated him. And he heard his supplication. And brought him again to Jerusalem and to his kingdom. And then Manasseh knew that the Lord God, that the Lord, he was God. Now listen. I can't help it. It's, I realize that I know that there's been people that's been confused. And listen to me, I don't want to confuse you no more tonight than maybe that you already are. But my friend, I can only tell you about the experience that God has given me. And my friend, when he saved you. My friend, and he plants your feet upon a solid rock. He gives you something you know about. He gives you something you've experienced. He gives you something that you know that's real. Something that you know that you can feel. I realize tonight you may have to search that out. 
But listen to me. When you've prayed with your whole heart and you've given your whole self to God and you've come to the end of yourself and there's nothing else to give, I believe in my heart you'll find the Lord at the end of a sincere prayer. At the end of a sincere prayer. He's not looking at the lip service tonight. He ain't. Listen, I could get up here all day long. Y'all remember that's that, uh, that old Gentile, he made his way up there. He smote upon his chest. He said, God, remember me, a sinner. He wouldn't even look up yonder, would he? He couldn't even look up. Listen, tonight God is looking for the sincerity of your heart. This is a heart work. He wants your heart. He wants the whole heart. So what am I talking about tonight? Well, when we begin to think about Manasseh now, I want to back up just a minute. Hezekiah was a good king, and he done what was right in the eyes of the Lord. But that didn't mean that he didn't mess up, did it? Well, sure he messed up. Sure he did. Well, the Scripture tells us that he did. But the inward man, this is what's on the inside right here. What God has fixed. When David said, my heart is fixed, oh God, my heart is fixed, he meant that it's fixed. This what's on the inside is fixed. It can't sin anymore. Listen, that's what God's looking for. This flesh, it sins. I'm telling you as I stand before you today, I still fail God every day. I still mess up every day. But this on the inside, when God fixed it, it's fixed. It can't sin anymore. He's washed it white as snow. He's cleaned it with His own blood. I don't know if that makes any sense to you tonight or not. When you thought for a long time, I wondered what it meant that he said that a, a good tree bringeth forth good fruit, and a bad tree bringeth forth bad fruit, and a bad tree that bringeth forth uh, no fruit, I'm going to mess that up, but he says is hewn down and cast into the far. I thought about, well, I consider myself, I, I've been saved, I think I do pretty good. But what he's talking about is the tree of life that bears fruit in your heart. That's what he's talking about. The fruit on the inside. This fruit, it'll bear no evil. I don't know if I'm making any sense to you tonight or not. This is a heart work. It's a spiritual matter. You ever looked up the definition of the word heart? I did today. You know how long the average definition is? It's a paragraph or two. Do you know how long the definition of the word heart is? Two and a half pages long. Two and a half pages long. Who can understand the heart? God can. I can't. What's he talking about when he's talking about the heart? He's talking about the soul most of the time. 
When David said, my heart is fixed, oh God, my heart is fixed. He was talking about his soul. David, Manasseh, he was evil, wasn't he? So tonight, I realize you may be sitting there saying, well, preacher, I'm not evil. I ain't never done nothing to be evil. Well, I want to read to you what Psalms 10 says. It says in Psalms 10, it says, The wicked in his pride doeth persecute the poor. Let them be taken in the devices that they are imagined. For the wicked boasteth of his heart's desire, and the blessed of the covenant, whom the Lord adoreth. The wicked, through the pride of his countenance, will not seek after God. But God is not in all his thoughts. His ways are always grievous. Thy judgments are far above out of his sight. As for all his enemies, he putteth at them. He saith in his heart, I shall not be moved, for I shall never be in adversity. And that word adversity means misfortune or distress. The wicked in his heart says, I shall not be moved. My friend, tonight, I I don't mean to hurt your feelings, but I don't know how else to put it to you. If you've never been saved and you've reached the age of accountability, and your heart in the eyes of God, you're wicked. I don't mean to hurt you tonight, but as Brother Harvey said the other night, he come to the realization that he was wicked. And my friend, as tonight, your old little boy, that's just the way I see it. I said, God, I'm without hope. I need to be saved. And I finally come to the end of myself realizing there was nothing I could do. And I began to trust in him. You say, preacher, you're telling me in a nine-year-old, you was wicked, I was wicked in my heart. But my friend, when God saved me, he done an operation on my heart just like he can do you tonight. The Bible says over there in Jeremiah 36, he took that old stony heart out and he gave him a heart of flesh. My God, God, I don't know how He does it. He just does it. He reaches down in your heart and He picks it up and He cleans it up and He puts it right back into you and you're a new creature in Christ. That's how He does it. I don't know if this makes any sense to you tonight. But my friend, it's through the heart. He wants your whole heart. He wants you. He doesn't want this body. Listen, this body is just a house for this soul. That's all it is. It's just a temporary home while I'm here. That's all this body is. It's going back to the dust of the earth one day after a while, brother. But the soul of man, this soul, what God has cleaned up, what He's fixed to live on, I begin to think about what it is tonight to go with your whole heart to the Lord. Boy, I got so much more to you. I ain't going to get to it all. This outside flesh, it sins every day. You remember what Paul said over there? He said, oh, wretched man that I am. 
He said, the things that I would, I do not. I'm paraphrasing this, of course, but he said, the things that I wished I'd do, he said, I don't. He began to talk about, he said, for I delight in the law of the Lord after the inward man. It's the inward man. He said, that's what delights in the law of the Lord. See, my desire, my heart's desire is tonight is to do good. That's what desires. I've got a desire in my heart to do good. Am I going to fail God? Absolutely I am. But I've got a desire in here to serve Him. You remember what the first commandment is? He said, love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. Listen to me tonight. You can't do that on your own. You can't love Him with all your heart on your own. You can't even begin to try without God's help. Bible says in Matthew 5 and 8, it says, For the pure in heart will see God. The pure in heart. You know what that word pure means? Clean. My friend, when he reaches down and he cleans your heart and he purifies it, you'll see God. Now, yes, Brother Luke, these eyes are going to behold him one day. But church, I'm telling you, when God saves you, you'll see him. You'll see him. There's days where there's days when I look out and you see that sun rising up over that eastern sky. And you say, boy, there's God. There's days that you look out in the fall and you see those leaves begin to change. You say, there's God. There's days that you look out and you see the flowers begin to bloom. There's God. You look out in the night sky and you see all the stars and you say, when God saves you, He puts a new perspective in your heart. Yes, these eyes is going to see Him one day, but church, I'm telling you, I see Him every day. I've never seen Him in the flesh. Though these eyes will behold Him, I see Him. I see Him. Prayer. There's power in prayer. Think about what James over here in 1 6 says, but let him ask in faith, not wavering. For he that wavereth is like the wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. Go to him with as much faith as you can try to muster. You can't muster it up on your own, but you go to him with everything you've got, and he'll meet you the rest of the way. You give him everything you've got. You come with a determination that you ain't leaving this place until you've met God. Until you know him in your heart. That's the way that it's got to be. Listen to me tonight. I'm talking to you tonight about spiritual matters. I'm not talking to you about something. Listen, the world today says, well, just do like Romans says over there, confess with thy mouth and believe in thine heart the Lord Jesus and thou shalt be saved. There's truth in that statement. There is. But tonight I'm telling you, you've got to believe with your whole heart. Your whole heart. Tonight, if we have a verse of promise, come, experience what it is. I can't describe it to you. I can't even begin to describe it to you.
But I'll tell you this. I believe it's James 9 and 31. I'll read this one more verse and I'm going to be done. Excuse me, John. John 9 and 31. It says, Now we know that God heareth not sinners, but if any man be a worshiper of God and doeth his will, him he heareth. Tonight, He'll hear you when you call out to him with the whole heart. I know that because I've experienced it. I can't describe it to you tonight what it is. What it is for him to reach down and clean your heart up and put it back in you. But I'm telling you, it's an experience like you've never experienced before. And that what he's done for me is what I'm counting on to take me home one day after life. As we stand and have a verse or two of song, if you're here in law, Come seek the Lord. warning that's went out. I appreciate the Lord sending a watchman to sound the trumpet one more time. Sound the warning. Ezekiel was set forth to be a watchman to the children of Israel. I believe Brother Casey has been set forth to be a watchman for you that are here tonight that may be lost and separated from God. Ezekiel said in 33 and 8, when I say unto the wicked, O wicked man, thou shalt surely die. If thou dost not speak to warn the wicked from his way, that wicked man shall die in his iniquity, 
but his blood will I require at thine hand. Nevertheless, if thou warn the wicked of his way to turn from it, if he do not turn from his way, he shall die in his iniquity, but thou hast delivered thy soul. I believe Brother Casey has delivered his own soul tonight. He's presented the gospel, warned the wicked of their way. He won't have any blood on his hands from preaching the message that was preached tonight. You know where you stand with God because God reveals that to you. And if He's let you know that you're separated from Him, there's only one thing you can really do to make it right, and that's seek the Lord with all your heart. Mind what the preacher has told you to do tonight and seek Him while you got time and opportunity. I, I feel like we need to have another song if we can. I really appreciate the message of warning for those that would heed the warning and we just want everybody if God is dealing with you tonight you come and seek the Lord this altar is open if you need to pray at your seat but there's coming a day where these messages are going to ring clear in your ear over and over and over because you didn't listen to the warning that went out don't wait until it's too late go ahead brother Mike 181 
pray seek the counsel of the Lord we've got one praying here tonight everybody willing able let's pray Sharing the gospel every day that I live, Lord. 